Hey, what's up everyone? It's Jonathan. And 2022 is almost here. And if you're like me, you'd love to spend some time intentionally reflecting on the year and setting some goals or resolutions or habits or rhythms or a theme for your year. I've tried everything and ultimately I end up giving up on them or forgetting them altogether by the time March rolls around. But one thing that's been really helpful for me is to instead create a personal mission statement, one that is both audacious and achievable to help guide my actions, filter my decisions, my yeses and my nos, and to really catalyze me into becoming who I want to be in the year to come. And so I'm going to host a virtual workshop on January 7th that's going to be designed for you to create a personal mission statement. One that can really capture the essence of your why that drives all the things that you do. And you can use it for both work and life and leadership and relationships and spirituality. All of it can be kind of filtered and guided by your personal mission statement. So there's a link in my Instagram bio. I'll also drop a link in the show notes. But I'd love for you to join me January 7th to craft your personal mission statement to guide your 2022. Hey, it's Jonathan, and welcome to Epiphany, an audio devotional for all of us on the way to wisdom. I want you to think about what controls your time. In the Western world, we are obsessed with time, but we think about it in a really unique way. Consider all the phrases that you use related to time, how we can save time, how we can invest time, how we budget time. I don't have time to waste. I have a luxury of time. In the modern era in the West, we've commoditized time and we use the same language to describe time as we do to describe money. And this impacts and influence the way that we approach our days in our lives. But more than that, I want you to think about what tells you what time it is. How do you know what time it is? There's a specific time of year where I become a different person. From March through August, there's one version of me. But in September, when football season comes back, I am a different person. Football for me is one of the things that tells me what time it is. It dictates how I spend a lot of my time, what I end up listening to, watching, or reading. And sadly enough, my emotions on a Sunday morning are dictated by the outcomes of certain games played by the Las Vegas Raiders. But maybe it's not sports for you, but there is something that tells you what time it is. For some of us, it's the sales calendar of a Madewell or of Forever 21 or an H&M. There's a Labor Day sale. There's a Memorial Day sale. There's a Black Friday, a Cyber Monday. We can let the retail calendar tell us what time it is. Think about the thing that controlled your approach to your year and your schedule growing up and even still as an adult. The school calendar. Summers were a specific kind of time. Fall, winter, spring, 
was all dictated by when you had to be in school and when not. It told you what time it is. The truth is that we need something to tell us what time it is and how to be, what to be thinking about, how to be feeling, and what it means to be well at a certain point in the year. And this is what the gift of the church calendar has been for followers of Jesus for hundreds of years. The early church looked at this phenomenon and decided that the thing that was going to tell us as followers of Jesus what time it is would be the life of Jesus itself. And other traditions took that and said the other thing that's going to tell us what time it is is days of remembrance and reflections on those people, those saints, sisters and brothers who spent their life around the life of Jesus in their own context and their unique ways. So if you're like me, the church calendar was not something you grew up in. But to be honest, in the last few years, I've found it so refreshing, so refreshing to have the thing that tells me what time it is be the life of Jesus and his people. So to that end, we are beginning the season of Advent. In the church calendar, this is the beginning of the new year in the church calendar. So the first Sunday of Advent is like New Year's Sunday. And if you're unfamiliar, the season of Advent is really a season of preparation. It's a preparation time to plug into the longing that the people of God had for a Messiah to be born. Plug into the anticipation and the hope and the the weariness of waiting for a Savior, waiting for fulfillment, waiting for God to come and save us, to rescue us. Now, us on this side of the life of Jesus and Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection, it's a time to remember that longing and ultimately that hope fulfilled in Jesus when we celebrated on Christmas. But it's also a time to anticipate the second coming, to plug into our own longings, our own unfulfilled hopes and desperations for Jesus to come once again and for heaven and earth to be made one and for everything to be made right and well and whole again. So it's this place of preparation to really truly think and consider what does it mean that God took on flesh and that Christ was born as a baby. Everything that we are going to celebrate on Christmas, what does it actually mean? How does it actually shape us? Advent is my favorite time of year because it actually forces me to think about what and where and for what are my longings, are my deepest desires. But it's also a place for me to take my own longings, my own grief of my life, but also the grief of the state of the world and point it to Jesus, point it to God and say, how long, O Lord, until you come, O come, Emmanuel, and make all things new and right and whole. It actually forces us to consider the songs we sing about Jesus taking on flesh and a baby being born. And what does it actually mean for a God who is eternal to come into time? Because here's the other thing about time. Advent and the story of Jesus being born on Christmas teaches us that there is something special and unique and profound in the truth that God 
entered into a specific time. If you think about it, God eternal chose to enter into a specific moment, a specific time in history, a specific moment in the life of those around him, a specific point in the story. How profound to think that God, who could be in any moment, chose to be in one. What does that mean about following Jesus back into our own moment? What does it mean for us to be truly and wholly present to our own time? Why would we want to be in any other moment when God has chosen to enter this one? The only place that we can actually truly meet God and be formed and shaped and healed is in this moment. We can't meet God in any other moment that we are not actually in. And the good news is that the incarnation, the birth of Jesus, shows us that Jesus has chosen to enter this moment and meet with us as well. What does this also mean for how we try to be in any other moment but the one we're in? There's a pool for some of us to live in the past, to dwell either on our shameful moments, our hurtful moments, The trauma we've endured can become a place of home and homeostasis. The the shame that we feel about our own actions or the past of our family, of our situation, of our society, we can choose to live there. Or my preference is to live in the future. For some reason, I have more control in the future, a, a perception of control. In the future, I get to determine Oh, what if this happens and then this happens and then I will be safe. I will be well. I will be whole. This eternal optimism that I have, it pulls me into the future, but not as a way to co-create in a healthy sense, but to actually escape whatever it is I could be feeling in the moment. We want to be anywhere else but right now. But the beautiful thing is that Jesus in the story of Christmas chooses to be right here, right now, with us. And what is the invitation for us to do that with giving our own gift of presence to those around us, to be truly, truly present in the moment, in relationship with the people around us, to give the gift of time, but not just time where your body is there, but your mind is somewhere else, but where your soul, your body, your mind, your schedule can all be in one place at the same time. That is us putting the story of Christmas on display, recognizing that a God who chose to be in a specific time is calling us to do the same thing. So today and in this Advent season, may you experience a specific kind of time a time of anticipation and hope and longing for peace, for joy, for love that ultimately has been fulfilled in Jesus and will be fulfilled once again in Jesus. May you do everything you can to enter into your specific time, your moment, whatever it comes with, knowing that God has chosen to meet you there as well. And may you give the gift of your presence, give the gift of time incarnated, of bringing yourself fully to the moment shared 
with those around you. And may that fill you with wonder, fill you with hope, fill you with peace, fill you with joy, and ultimately with love everlasting. Thanks for listening. I'm Jonathan, and this has been Epiphany.